Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Hamilton song. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, people of the world. Wait, uh, I dropped one. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Hal is doing right now. <laughs> Hal, uh... Maybe you want to tell them why. I mean, this isn't my thing to tell people, I guess. Look, our episodes have been getting a little long. I know you like that, but for this one, I needed to take a laxative. That business is mine and mine alone. And uh, I, I was mentioning to Mark before we officially began the episode. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if that was our ticking clock? Because I don't know how fast this will act. Yeah. Take a handful of them. <laughs> Let me just get a whole sheet. Yeah. Like a uh, like a prank in a frat movie amount that would be put into someone's coffee. You know they're they're so hard to get at it because they're they're, they're like in the little bubble pack, but like it's got a uh-huh. hard back to it, and they're so. I'm sorry, hard it's to hard. To, it's hard to squeeze it out. <laughs> <laughs> it, first of all, the packaging feels your pain, but second of all, <laughs> it's so it's enough of a labor to get them out that it's like the package is like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? You saw Dumb and Dumber, right? You oh saw what happened God. when he had it poured into his tea. <laughs> so anyway, that's just something going on in the background. Let's talk about Hamilton. This was let's talk about Hamilton. Chris Winspear suggested this, and I hope that at some point, if we reach an impasse in the episode <laughs> where there's one that I want and there's one that you want, that you're just gonna have to go like, fine, yeah, and then run off. <laughs> Before we start talking about this, this is very exciting, Hal. We haven't done one, just the two of us in a while. We haven't. This is nice. And you texted me about it. It made me feel good. I texted him one day. I was like, look, I love having guests. We have wonderful guests on the show. And it's always a blast to have our guests. But I texted Hal. I was like, dude, we haven't done one that's just us in a while. Let's just catch up. And so I have a coffee and Hal's got laxatives. And And I've been eating a salad. And he's been eating a salad. You are taking care of business. (laughs) Is there kale in the salad? Was there kale? No, it's it's a butter plus lettuce mix or little gems, and then okay. a s- sliced cucumber. Hold on a second. What's the difference? What's the difference between butter lettuce and butter plus lettuce? I think like the butter plus um, <laughs> has laxative in it. <laughs> I don't know this company that makes it. They make like butter lettuce, butter plus, little gems, and I'm like, whichever one is available, just yeah. give me two of those, and then I'll have salad for a couple of days. Great. But it's, that's it. It's just the three. It's just tomatoes, cucumbers, and salad with some Newman's Own oil and vinegar on top. Nice. I love me some Newman's Own. Yeah, it's good. And it goes. Uh, they go to charity. The money goes to charity. That's nice. That's right. Before we start Hold talking on, about go to the bathroom. Oh God, that was fast. <laughs> wow, that worked quickly. No, no, no. Let's talk before we talk about Hamilton. Yes. Uh, but before we talk about Hamilton, I have to say that our experience with this show helped me out a lot in the past week because one thing that I was in desperate need of doing and mm-hmm. had been kind of putting off was getting a car, like buying a proper car. Yes. I'd been using Eric's old 89 Wagoneer, which <laughs> it got to the point where. <laughs> Every day, it was really like a 50-50 shot as to whether or not it would start when I turned the key. Sure. 
And it, it frequently wouldn't. And then I would go and I would lift up the hood and slam the hood. And sometimes that helped. And sometimes it didn't help. So uh, it was time. But in looking for a car, I actually had to sit down and go, okay, what are the criteria that are most hmm. important? Let's weigh these criteria. Like, what am I willing to give up in for this other thing? Yeah. Objectively, you know, I go in with certain things that I'm interested in. But by the end, I wound up with one that I was not expecting to get. But it actually, based on all my criteria, it was exactly the one that I needed, which I it was. Don't uh, tell me what it was. But tell me what you were going to say. But it, just don't reveal the car. I was going to say, it just, uh, it, it felt like, it felt like I was, uh, doing an episode of this show by myself. What I should have done is just called you and we'd have figured out the whole thing. This took me a week. I would have been happy to. Oh, it took me a we week to do. Done. We could have gotten it done in an hour. You know what? We could have both taken laxatives and you would have been in and out of there so fast. <laughs> you wouldn't have even known what was happening. Now, what were your criteria? What did you settle on? What were like the main things you were looking for in a car? Here's what I wanted. I wanted it to be not expensive. Sure. But there were things that I wanted, which was I wanted a sunroof mm-hmm. and I wanted Apple CarPlay. Yep. And I wanted leather seats. Okay. If I could get them. That was one of those ones that I was willing to get rid of. What I wound up getting was called leatherette. Let's say okay. vegan leather seats. Sure. Seats. You feel better about it. Yeah, exactly. Fake leather. I hope it doesn't flake off like a belt from Ross. But uh, <laughs> But as of right now, it looks okay. Oh, when you get that belt, it feels so good. You're like, it does. this actually, I'm surprised I got this at Ross because it's so nice. And, and then, then three days later, yeah. <laughs> it just looks like a, it looks like a infected foot. <laughs> <laughs> now you, I know you got a hundred. And I also, oh, and the other thing that I wanted was, oh. well, this one is more specific to this car because I had driven this car before. So it wasn't like a thing that I was actively looking for, but it was a real right. perk of this car which is active lane assist, which yep. is basically self-driving. But mm-hmm. Elon Musk is better at PR, so he calls it self-driving when legally he probably shouldn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's, But yeah, it just like it has a little sensor that reads the paint on the street. And if the street curves, the car will just automatically curve. Okay. Yeah. This is a new car. It's a new car, yeah. That was I didn't know if I wanted new or used, but I got a really good deal, so. Okay. I know you got a Hyundai because Eric told mm-hmm. me. Mm. Did you get uh, a Hyundai Elantra? No. Is it a coupe? No, it's an SUV. It's a very, very small SUV. Oh, you got the, oh no, you either got, okay, so you have two choices here. One is the yeah. Santa Fe Sport, which is like a nice little smaller crossover. The other is the Veloster. No, not in neither of those. Neither of those? This one was introduced in 2018. It's a fairly new model. I don't, I have no idea. The Kona. I feel like I'm doing an oh, ad the for Kona. the Kona. Yes. I, yeah. I wrote it. It was a little too small for, but at the time I was like top weight. I was like, this is too small. <laughs> Why? But I also like a bigger, I like to feel like yeah. I'm in a bigger cabin. That's, a, I yeah, like those to, are nice. I like to be able to park, but yeah, it was not was that what I was expecting to go in wanting to get like, but after doing my big, uh, my big checklist, I was like, you know what? This, this checks off all the boxes. And the guy that, uh, thanks man. The guy that sold it to me was hilarious. (laughs) We went to, it was at the empty parking lot on, or the, like the, the lot for that particular dealership is on the top floor of the Americana brand, which is a shopping mall for those who don't know, an outdoor shopping mall. So, uh, the way that this guy had me do a test drive, he was like, he's like, you like it? Like, yeah. He's like, all right, do some donuts, man. I was like, what? 
He's like, yeah, man, see, what, see, how, see how it goes, man. Cause this was not, this was a different one than I was going to buy because it was <laughs> the wrong color. And, and, and he was like, he was like, you're not going to buy this one. Just do some donuts. I was like, how many people did you tell to do donuts in the one that I actually am buying? <laughs> and then we took it out and then we took it out on the street for a street test drive. And I knew it was going to be fun when uh, we're on a two lane road and there's a car in front of me at a red light. The light turns green and, uh, and he goes, let that guy go ahead a little. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, open it up. There's a good curve up here. I was like, what are you doing? We're going to roll a car. <laughs> but it was the most fun test drive I could imagine, which I guess might have also <laughs> sold me on this thing. Like, this car's so fun because this guy's awesome. <laughs> and he lives with you now, right? He lives with me now. That's so cool. He did. And he also started, it comes with uh, the satellite radio, a little bit of that, uh, or like three months of that. Yeah. It was just great. I love satellite radio. And he, uh, he starts fiddling with the knob, uh, while I'm driving and doing the test drive. And he's like, Oh man, they moved it. Like they moved it. He's like, Yeah, I can't. I have a favorite station. I can't find my favorite station. I'm like, what are you looking for? He's like, Yacht Rock, man. <laughs> so. Oh, and you still bought the car. I'm, That's cool. While I'm test driving it, <laughs> this guy's looking for Yacht Rock. It was very funny. And he was really nice. So I was like, I want to, I want to give this guy a commission. He seems like a real nice dude. Hey, drive this car up that mountain. I'm going to try and turn Michael McDonald on the radio. <laughs> it's on. basically what it was. Get him on there. Yeah. <laughs> See that cliff up there? Hold my hand and hit the gas. Yeah. <laughs> sure thing, Thelma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's how this show helped me pick out uh, what car to buy. That's wonderful. That's a great new segment of how the show is affecting how the show is up. So if the show has helped your life in any way, yeah, let us know. Yeah, but you in the meantime, we're going to talk about Hamilton, the movie or the uh, the Broadway production is being released on Disney Plus. This is exciting for me because I I never got to see the original cast together, but mm-hmm. now on July third, I get to watch Hamilton on stage. I'm so excited because I remember when the soundtrack dropped, not for sale. But NPR broke it first. They were like, uh, they sure is. posted it and yeah, played it uh, for soundtrack. a day. Yeah. That was the first time I had, that I actually listened to it. I was aware of it because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had seen it off Broadway. So I saw the original Broadway cast, but I saw it in a smaller venue. And actually, uh, the week that I saw it, Brian Darcy James had left the role of King George and uh-huh. Jonathan Groff had stepped in. So I actually saw what ultimately became, at least as far as all the uh, lead characters. I don't know if some people in the ensemble had swapped out. But yeah, this is the cast that I saw, the one that's going to be on television or, or on Disney+. Plus. But also, I have a ton of friends from Aladdin who are in it on the road now, which is awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. One of the guys that played the palace guard, Marcus Choi, is playing uh, Washington right now. Oh, He's so great. Uh, yeah, he's super talented. Joseph Morales, if you get a chance to see him on the tour, he was an Aladdin and now he is a Hamilton and he is great. My buddy Remy is in it. I don't know. He's, he, his goal was to play Burr. I know he started off in the ensemble. I don't know. I know he's been with it for a while. I hope he's gotten a chance to at least cover Burr because he's crazy talented. But this is a show that I have since its inception or since not its inception, since the first time I ever saw outside the public theater the name Hamilton and a picture of the $10 bill. Cause that used to be the logo back then. It was just the center of a $10 bill and it said Hamilton coming soon. And I was like, well, I like history shows. Hey, I told that story on drunk history. 
And then I don't know if you've told the story of the podcast before about what happened after that show, after the show that you went to see. Oh, I don't know if I told this story ever. It wasn't that show. I was actually seeing a play called Fidelis that Katie was in. Oh, it was in the public theater. Okay. Which has like four different theater spaces. And I saw an old director of mine from LA who was standing waiting for the cast of Hamilton to come out so she could get her playbill signed by the cast. Traditional Broadway and musical theater thing to do. Uh, so I went down. I was like, Oh, I'll hang out with you while this is happening. And the cast starts to file out and she's getting, she, you know, she's wishing well to people. And, uh, Lynn Manuel comes out and she's like, your show is so great. And they chat for a quick second. And I said, and this is one of my favorite moments of my life. Uh, is I said, Hey man, um, I'm really excited to see your show. I, uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I was not with her tonight. Full disclosure. I'm just, I'm here seeing a different show, but I'm really excited to see yours. Uh, my name's Mark Gagliardi and he goes, you're Mark Gagliardi from drunk history. Oh my God, dude, can we take a picture? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. So I took a picture with Lynn and he tweeted it. Very nice things. So that made me very happy. So then I went to try out the lottery the next week. Mm-hmm. And the way that the lottery worked back then, for those who don't know, a Broadway show will do a couple rows worth of tickets for cheap so that the population can see the show instead of just the rich folks. And I went in and I won the lottery. Mostly fair and square because it was a hand drawn lottery at this point. Right. I did go up to the little coffee shop and, um, get a honey stick and put a little tiny bit of honey on my fingers and put it on my piece of paper so that it would <laughs> stick to whoever reached their hand into the bowl. And it totally worked. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and they call out my name and I'm like, yes. And then I don't know if I told you this part of the story. And then I hear behind me gags and I turn around. And it's Lynn Manuel showing up to the theater with a backpack on. Like, I don't know if they had a rehearsal plan or if he was just getting there extra early that day. Right. He's like, dude, I'm so glad you won. And he brings me in for a bear hug and then scurries off backstage. And I look around and everyone is looking at me like I was the biggest cheater. <laughs> like, oh, this whole Hamilton thing is rigged. And I was like, no, I, I, I didn't rig it. I just, I guess I kind of did because I put honey on my hand. But, but anyway, it was a great show. Yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those, one of those rare, very exciting, wonderful days and one of the most special moments I've gotten to experience in a theater. And I'm very excited that you have not yet experienced it and will. Yeah. This cast. If you're listening to this episode, you're probably a Hamilton fan, I assume. Sure. Or an us fan, in which case you're probably a Hamilton fan. Yep. <laughs> but this cast is just incredible. And this, this show is, I guess I, you were the one that brought this idea up of doing a best Hamilton song. I did, mm-hmm. it never dawned on me because I don't really think of it as a series of songs because my introduction to it was as a full show sure. where I'm spending, I'm, I wasn't really able to chop it up into songs because I'm spending so much time focusing on the lyrics to this they're not sentences they're paragraphs so it's a really really dense show to listen to so you really have to be paying attention the whole time which is one thing i love about it but how tell me about your introduction to this it was the npr it was NPR. i was aware of it because of you Mm -hmm. i think you told me about it Mm -hmm. and then i saw the soundtrack posted on npr i was like all right let me check it out I've heard good things from Mark and I was blown away by it. Yeah. I didn't expect to connect with it as strongly as I did right away in how well it was written, how well it was performed. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, there are musicals, like if you listen to the Music Man soundtrack, 
you're missing huge chunks of the show because there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of right. setup. There's a lot of expository stuff going on that you don't see. But with the soundtrack, my understanding is that's pretty much the whole show. You are seeing it laid out for you. There, there aren't huge dialogue breaks in it. So mm-hmm. I sort of, it was like I attended the entire show with my eyes closed, which is a weird yeah. thing to say. No, that, that makes perfect sense. That's what I used to do with musicals when I was a kid. Cause I, in Tennessee, we didn't have access to go see a lot of Broadway shows. We'd get whenever mm-hmm. tour came in annually. Uh, we'd get like one or two great shows a year come through town, but a new show would come out. I would do that. I would just lay down. And, uh, if it was a sung through show, I would listen to the whole soundtrack top to bottom. If it was a songs and scenes show, I would, uh, read the libretto up to the point where there was the parenthetical with the name of the song. And then I would listen wow. to the song. And then I would go back to the liner notes and read more of the either summary or libretto or whatever was in there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's great. Real, real theater nerds. I guess for me, there is more as much as I sort of listen to it all the way through as a story. And mm-hmm. I do see it as a complete work. There are specific tracks that people that people enjoy for one reason or another. I, mm-hmm. I have my favorites. And there's probably the most popular one is My Shot, I would right. say. Uh, yeah, my shot is his big, and it's the third song in the show. Yes. You've got the big opening number, the, how does a bastard orphan son of, that's the, I think they did that one at the Tonys. They opened the Tonys with that one. Yes. And that's the one that Lin-Manuel sang originally at the White House. When it was a mistake. Uh, when it was, uh, yeah, when it was just, yeah. when he performed for the Obamas, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day before the show was even a, a fully realized thing. Yeah. So Alexander Hamilton is an amazing song that sets up the whole world and yeah. does that and gets you so much exposition of the first part of his life. It catches you up in such a sublime way, I think. Yeah. Like they both got sick and then Alex got better, but his mom went quick. Like, mm-hmm. boom, that's all you need to know. Like that's such a, that could be a whole movie or a whole play, but two lines, you know? Yep. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go chronologically? Do you want to just talk about? Like my shot being one of the big ones. You just want to talk about some of the big ones from each act or I mean, we're talking about 46 tracks. In yeah. Total. We don't need to go through every little bit. Do you want to pick, maybe try to pick um, each pick three finalists per act and then try and figure out the act one, act two winner. So we'll just go back and forth. You tell me what one of your finalists will be. I'll tell you what my, one of mine would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Now I'm just grabbing a notepad because I need to, I'm going to have to write some stuff down. Okay, I'm going to start with the Skylar Sisters, which is a great track. All three women are amazing, and they sound so good together. Watching video of them warming up for each show when they would sing, mm-hmm. like, uh, like in Vogue or whatever they would do, like to, they would do warm up songs together, and their their voices blend so well, and you get a good idea of sort of what the social scene was like then, and. The excitement of being in this city in a time of revolt where all these ideas are being exchanged and mm-hmm. it's just a really great piece and a really great introduction to those characters, two strong female characters in a show. I just, and I, it's, it's kind of perfect as yeah. a track. And it gave us work. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that iconic image of the three of them, you know, fists in the air, the silhouette. You don't, all you have to, yeah. so much of the show, you don't even need to see full image. You just see the silhouette and you're like, I know exactly what moment that is. I'm going to say I've written down three and I'm curious how many, the thing is, of course, we're going to get six per act and that's going to be good, but we're going to have a lot of them. 
like I think my three and your three will be different, but our six would have been the same anyway, probably. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to say, I think satisfied. If we're sticking with yeah. the Skylar sisters for right oh. now, the song satisfied is so good. That's Angelica. It's a great song because it's, it's all, it almost takes a Rashomon approach mm-hmm. to what's happening in the story at that moment. You've seen this linear story happen. And then one character says, I'm going to back this story up and I'm going to give you my point of view on this thing. And not only that, I'm going to give you alternate realities that I could jump into. Mm-hmm. Like here is a world I see where Alexander Hamilton and I are together instead of me having to give her or, you know, pass her off to my sister. When she says she realized three fundamental truths at the exact same time mm-hmm. and they were, I'm rich. I have to marry well. I can't follow my heart in this way. It's just such a great point of view song. It's a great time jumping song. Yeah. The piano, that piano underneath going. And also Renee Goolsbury's just, Oh my God. She, the crispness of her voice. And that's a lot of lyrics. I know that sounds silly. Like that's a lot of words she says, but it is. um, it's but it is her and, and David Diggs also like in terms of the speed. David Diggs is can deliver. Yeah. Uh, which is other like, band called Freestyle Love Supreme? No, Collective? no. David Diggs has a band called Clipping. That is, if you've never heard of them, imagine how crisp his rap is. Like the way that he speaks. Right now, imagine that in a non-musical hip hop form. And there's one track in particular. I wish I could remember the name of it. Where he begins by rapping slowly. And then by the end of it, it's the most rapid fire lunacy. These guys are all like, they're like science and math nerds that all got together and created this band. So they're super, super whip smart in like their, both their lyrics and the musicality. Anyway, clipping is a great band. Clipping, uh, lowercase c with a period at the end because they're the E.E. Cummings of bands, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going with sad. So, so far. We have, so far, we have Skylar Sisters and Satisfied. All right. I'm going to go with the track that closes the first half, which is nonstop. Interesting. It's such a great build. And this idea of what's happening after the war and him trying the first case and how he and Bert, how their lives have intertwined yet again. But then mm-hmm. he's got the demands of his wife and then Angelica's coming to visit. Like all mm-hmm. these pressures on his life. And it just feels like such a good build mm-hmm. and the entire interchange with burr if that was the only part of it would be great like burr's yeah. ex- explanation of how he's going and then the federalist papers being introduced it's just it's just amazing it's one of those great mishmash songs where there's so much happening and it's the end of act one like you know the end of an act is always going to have a big there's gonna there, there's gonna be something that's going to bring that curtain down you yes. know and this is a great version of that and all the characters at different points and singing over the top of one another one day more style. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to throw in another one that is also a very expository song. Okay. Because that one, it's funny, like, like some of these songs like nonstop and the one that I'm going to mention, which is Yorktown. Yes. These songs, they don't really delve deep into the characters and how they're feeling. They're just killer songs. 
like when they're rapping and then Hercules Mulligan jumps in and Hercules yeah. Mulligan thunders through a rap right as a distorted guitar kicks in on that part. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that song knows how to build so beautifully. I think it's a great mix of the history of like that moment. It gives smaller characters a chance to step forward. Yep. Um, in the same way that nonstop does like. Non or, or nonstop is where you hear. I think it's the one that's where you hear uh, Lawrence say, "You know, he's going to South Carolina. We'll never be free till we end slavery." Yep. So like everybody gets their moments in these songs, and they're just they're very much, you know, group numbers as opposed to yeah. the solos. And also, you know? like here's history. Yeah. We're give you a bunch. Of, here's a history lesson that you you can walk away from this, and if you are singing it and you have it memorized, then you've learned some us history mm-hmm. and it may that's one of the other beautiful things about this show as a whole is it sparked or can has the ability to spark an interest in us history particularly from this period and really understand some of the people behind it and what the politics and pitfalls were mm-hmm. in creating this nation and how difficult it was and continues to be we're still developing as yeah. a nation politically every single day as we try to interpret what people wrote 250 years ago and that's what that's what's great about this is it is an interpretation of that and it's an interpretation of the decisions that got made you know you look at and we'll get to act two but some of the uh they turned the debates between hamilton and jefferson Mm -hmm. into rap battles yep and you get a perfect sense of the point of view of each of these it's this is going to be very hard to come up with six per act, but it's, we'll try. It is very tough. All right. Okay. So I have You're the up. last one. This is my last one. Wait, this is of act this, one. Oh my God. This is all written. Cause see this. Oh man. No, I, this is going to be hard. Great. There are no bad tracks on this. I know, but I want to, I want to, uh, all right. You give your last one and then I'm going to give my last like five. Uh, I think it would, it, oh, I'm kind of torn. I'm torn between mm-hmm. history has its eyes on you. Which is a really good sort of George Washington song and Dear Theodosia, which is such a beautiful song. And Leslie mm-hmm. Odom Jr. has got such a beautiful, his voice is like, is like, like heavy cream being poured over butter. It's so smooth and so rich and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's a very like emotional song. This is the parents love for their child and a child being born the same time you will come of age with our new nation like yeah that i even now i get choked up thinking about it i i it would be impossible for me to pick something else other than that just because so dear theodosia yeah yeah i I mean that's a that's solid i'm torn now because now i I have one more in this act Mm -hmm. to pick and um i love my shot i play my shot on beat saber and it's amazing Uh (laughs) it's such a great beat saber song you know just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Like the, it, it, lyrically, it's perfect. It yeah. begins with actually, I think this is sort of the halfway between Aaron Burser and my shot is, you know, in this huge hip hop musical that you're introduced to Lawrence Mulligan and Lafayette. And the mm-hmm. only music in the thing is them banging on the table. At, you know, that's the only music playing through. So it's a, completely analog moment i think you'll be back is brilliant yeah because it lives outside of the rest of the the only one that feels like actually a musical theater song when king george comes in and it's such a clear and hilarious point of view each time that it happens and it's always a different point of view it comes back maybe i'll pick up one of those from act two to be uh there we go 
Uh-huh. See, this is now I'm playing the thought process out in my head. Uh, <laughs> helpless, helpless, that swingy beat and helpless is one of the, I think, best hooks on the album. Philip Sue, uh, yeah. singing that. Tendul Commandments, it just lays out. It's like an essay in the middle of the show. But I think I'm going to have to go with, oh man, the story of tonight. It's like such an epic, sweet anthem. I'm going with my shot. I think my shot is a, it's, it's pretty perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's the moment when he meets all of his friends that he's going to start a revolution with. Mm-hmm. And unlike Les Mis, this revolution works. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. And you don't need us to describe my shot to you. It's the, it's the one everybody knows. It's that's right. Yeah. Oh man. The other two I was thinking about. I know it's so hard. to just pick. One was stay alive. The other's right hand man. The bass let's in right hand. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, let's do the cannons. It's so good. But I think those, I think it's a good six. Look, you come up with any yeah. six, it'd be a good six, but I think this is a solid six. So what are our finalists in act? Let's pick our act one winner and then All we'll right. take a break. Great. We have Skylar Sisters, Yorktown, You'll Be Back, Satisfied, Nonstop, Dear Theodosia, and my shot. Wait a minute. Did I have too many? One, two, three, four, five. How did I get seven of them? That's okay. Oh, no, I put you'll be back. I wrote down you'll be back before. You wrote down you'll be right. back, but it's not. So it is uh, Skylar Sisters, Yorktown, Satisfied, Nonstop, Dear Theodosia, and My Shot. It's I know. It's hard. It's so hard. Where's your heart leading you right now? Right now, here's what my heart is saying. It's saying that Yorktown and Nonstop are wonderful, danceable, thumping, great beat bits of history, but I'd like it. I think I'd like it to be something that gives us a little more insight into a character. Okay. Which would make it dear Theodosia, the Skylar sisters satisfied in my shot. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I think of those four, when you read those four out, one of them jumped right away between Skylar sisters, satisfied dear Theodosia and my shot. Yes. Was it satisfied? I was yes, it was. I mine too. That's satisfied it. is it. yeah, we got it. That oh, was amazing. Yeah, satisfied is is a it's it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. All right, well that was look. This is easy. This we so thought bad. this would be hard. See, man, now I just want to go and I just want to drive around in my my Kona and listen to this, <laughs> and turn and turn the bass up every time a right hand man comes on. Let me get in my Kona. Yeah. in my Kona point oh. <laughs> look, I did not roof open so my hair can blow. I did not get this car to look cool from the exterior. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's this is, That's very nobody cool. rolls up no nobody rolls up and is like, damn. A Kona. By the way, progress report, everything's going fine with the plumbing. Let's take a break. We're going to hear from some of the other <laughs> fine podcasts on the Max Fun Network. When we come back, we'll explore Act Two. Of maybe the most popular musical of all time. Maybe. It's getting there. It could be. It's getting there. Coming to Disney Plus. We'll be right back. That's right. Intermission. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I was allergic to water. Addicted to wheatgrass. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Oh No, Ross and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders, healers, luminaries. 
Ross and Carrie don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. Six months. No wheatgrass. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Carrie. Owner Ross and Carrie is just a podcast that doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Hi, I'm James, host of Minority Corner, which is a podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, free stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority Minority Corner. Corner. Because together, together, we're the majority. You know they're going to have an intermission on the Disney Plus version. Really? A 60-second intermission. When it was going to go into theaters, they were actually going to do a full 10-minute intermission, which I think is a brilliant idea. I love movies that do that. It makes you feel like you're at the movies, you know? (laughs) Feels like you're at, like you're in a theater with people and there's an intermission and you step out and you go, oh, what'd you think of the first half? Oh, I thought it was great, but this one song was terrible. Yeah, you're right. That song was terrible, but everything else was great. Okay, let's go back in. It also feels like the older movies, rather than like being like, oh, I am in a theater, to movies like It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, where you mm-hmm. had 20 minutes of overture, and then so these big right. event movies. So it makes it t- sort of takes it back to being a big event. Like movie. Fantasia. Fantasia mm-hmm. being one of those big event movies that, you know, they did an intermission in the middle. Yes. I wonder if they'd ha- now if they had that same Disney guy or played that clip. So all of this very cool, amazing Hamilton stuff happens, and then a stuffy dude just walks forward from Fantasia and goes, I will now take a 10-minute intermission. (laughs) But enough about intermission. Let's move on to Act 2. Act 2 a little darker. I think, honestly, I'm going to say, I uh, like many musicals, Into the Woods, Act 2 is way darker. A lot of stories, you know, it happens that way. I'm going to say, I think I like Act 1 better than Act 2 generally. Yeah, it's peppier. It's It's peppier peppier and you know the ending. You know, not that you don't know the ending in Act Two, but you know the ending of Act One is this revolution is going to work. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas Act Two, you know the ending is, oh, he's going to get in a duel and it's going to kill him. If Act One is A New Hope, Act Two is Empire Strikes Back. It's much darker. Yeah. Very well put. And it keeps getting worse for every, like, no character comes out of it better than they went in. Yeah. Except maybe Jefferson. <laughs> Just become president. Yeah. I mean, look. I don't like Jefferson in this. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be digs. I don't mean the performance. It's like no. making Jefferson the antagonist. He's a fun, you're not supposed to like him. He's a fun antagonist. Yes. And also having done a play where Thomas Jefferson was one of the characters and doing a lot of studying up on that guy. Problematic at best. Yeah. Not that great a guy. Nah, great yeah. guy. Yeah. Made major contributions to American sure. history. Sure. And yet, and yet, he's a problem. And yet again, my first pick from Act Two is going to be "What Did I Miss?" Really? Because it's such a good 
It's such yeah. a good introduction of the character. We don't, it really we chose, does. We chose characters over history in mm-hmm. Act 1. This, I think, is an interesting blend of both. Yeah. And it establishes who that character is and how you're supposed to feel about him so well. And the performance is, is obviously great. But I also think I'm sure that, that the actors who have, who have played that role since have also done a fantastic job with it. It's such a great piece of music. The st- that sort of like little Richard style of who this character is, how shy right. he is, flashy he is. Yeah. Is so, is so good that. Yeah. It's. The, I just, I just love it. I, it's weird to pick an opener or closer, but mm-hmm. I just think that's such a great song. And I remember the first time hearing it, I was like, "Oh, I didn't expect this at all." I guess I wasn't even thinking. It's very outside the, the style of the show. It's outside the style of the show. The entire first act feels like an, a whole play. That story mm-hmm. is done. Yeah. But then you have a whole second act to get to because you realize, oh, this is the life of Hamilton. We have to get to his duel and then his death at the hands of Aaron Burr. Mm-hmm. So. It's such a great place to start out. Like, yeah, they have to figure out this government. Washington's got to put his cabinet together and have these guys as part of it. We already know that, that Hamilton's going to be the, the treasury secretary from the end of act one. Mm-hmm. But we get our secretary of state, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. What a great way for, and in a brilliant performance for David Diggs to come out and serve the function of that song or one of the functions of that song, which is, Hey, everybody, I am not Lafayette anymore. I am playing yes. a new character now and I'm going to come out like gangbusters. So you know that this is a totally different person. We all on board. Great. Which I think is, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. My first one from act two is going to be the world was wide enough. It's not one of the like big, most popular ones. It's right at the end. And I'm half reluctant to pick this because there's so many great, great songs in this. But the reason that I love it is because it is a moment that seeing it live took my breath away. And I'm sorry, Hal, I, to, blow a little bit of the visual and what you have in store for you. In That's this. okay. But uh, the world was wide enough. It begins with a reprise of the 10 dual commandments of Burr and Hamilton getting out to the location. It ends with Burr singing sort of a lament about what has happened that now he's the villain, but the meat of that song and the thing that blew me away on stage was um, the moment that the shot happens time freezes and with no music underneath him hamilton raps uh his final soliloquy Mm -hmm. it's stunning its sparseness and on stage it is everything goes black except for white light on hamilton and maybe a light on Burr of some sort, but focus on Hamilton and the turntable that the whole set is on begins spinning. So you get sort of a, almost like the slow-mo bullets in the matrix. You just get a slow spinning Hamilton watching his life flash before his eyes in that moment. And for, it's not the greatest song, but I'm putting it on here because that moment absolutely took my breath away. So, that's my first one for act two is the world was wide enough. Okay. Oh man. I, I know I have, a, I have a heavier one that I'm going to come back to. Well, no, I might, I the- might no, do it now. Cause then I'll get an extra one. Cause this is one of mine too. Oh, I think I'm going to take the reprise of stay alive, 
when his son is dying in his arms. Oh God! It's not the sad one that I. This this is a dark act. It's very. That's the other moment in the show that has me in tears. It's Mm -hmm. so so touching, so moving. It's weird to pick a reprise of a song that I did not Mm -hmm. pick in the first one. Although I love "Stay Alive" in, in Act One, it benefits from that song already existing. But just the power of that moment, mm-hmm. it makes it a pick for me. All right. Mine is also an incredibly sad song from the end of the show, <laughs> which is so, but it's so beautiful. And that's, it's quiet uptown. Yep. That is more commonly known as the unimaginable, mm-hmm. which is the chorus that they keep repeating. They're dealing with the unimaginable because I, I don't think that it could be what that family has gone through could be described as anything but unimaginable in that moment. Yeah, it is the saddest reconciliation of sorts, but it's just an incredibly moving and beautiful and yeah, it's just it's a stunner of song. And Lin Manuel Miranda does a great job of hitting you hard when he needs to, mm-hmm. making your brain work when he needs to, and just giving you a gentle. They're dealing with the unimaginable when he needs to. You know, and that is one of those moments that, yeah, I just, I think it's wonderful. Uh, this episode well, I, took a turn, Hal. This episode did. took a turn. Well, let me take it into brighter territory <laughs> okay. and take it all the way back to the beginning of the second act again with mm-hmm. the track right after What Did I Miss, which is the first of the two cabinet battles. This one over how they're going to handle economics and not uh, helping France with their revolution. Yeah. It's about who assumes the state's debts and creating a centralized bank. And it's so... To take those debates, which mm-hmm. from historical record were heated and contentious all around, whenever there were debates like that, even in the Constitutional Convention, the creation of Declaration of Independence and who was going, what, how they should deal with the British, that these were hotly contested. So to turn it into a rap battle is such a smart device to use. And they're really yeah. good burns. It's like a good rap battle. It's really well done. They play it off well. I just, I love that device so much. Yeah. Just doing that, like, regardless of whether you heard the song, like, that was one of the buzz things that you would hear before the show. You're like, did you hear, did you see Hamilton? Did you hear about Hamilton? No. It's, oh my God. It's amazing. It, like, yeah, it's crazy. They actually take cabinet debates and turn them into rap battles. It's nuts. <laughs> like, you can describe what the show is just by describing that song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, all right. Like, yeah, they're, they're all great. Every one of these I go, they're all great. It's funny. Every one of these I go, yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. Yep. I agree. Of course I agree. Now I have my last one. Is this our last one for the, yeah, this is, yeah, this is the last one. Oh my God. The last one. I know. Well, it makes sense then because I'm picking the song, uh, one last time, which is okay. Washington deciding to end after two terms as the president for multiple reasons. One, it's a beautiful song sung beautifully on the original cast recording by uh, Christopher Jackson Mm -hmm. as George Washington. Two, it's one of the most important moments in American history. It's the first time, like, I mean, not the first time, but that is that is a moment in American history where George Washington, the actual George Washington, did arguably the most heroic thing he ever did, which was willingly decide to relinquish power, knowing that he was the precedent setter He didn't want to be the king. And so to do what he did was a huge moment in history. It's beautifully executed in the show. They use Washington's actual words in it. Hmm. And also, have you heard the Obama version? No. 
there's a beautiful version of this song where late in the song where Alexander Hamilton is writing what Washington's going to say for his final speech to the troops and the voice of Barack Obama comes in in the track and he delivers Washington's farewell address or as much of it is in this. And it is, I had no idea what was coming. I was listening to it in the car. I was like, Oh, they made a single of this. And I just lost it while driving. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's pretty spectacular. All right, man. I I feel like there's so many honorable mentions we could give in this one as well. Like, uh, I know it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Your obedient servant. You want to talk about that one? Your obedient servant, A. Dot Ham. Yeah, the back the and letter. forth letter writing is wonderful. Yeah. Blow Us All Away, which is Dear Theodosia, but the duet version with mm-hmm. Alexander Hammond talking to his kid and Burr talking to his kid. Yeah, the the room where it happens. I mean, come on, that is Burr's thesis for the whole show. Mm-hmm. And it's great, but you know, it's, and it also makes me mad that that's the name of John Bolton's new book. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that we have a pretty good, I think we have a pretty good sextet here, okay. which I will read off now. What did I miss? Mm-hmm. Stay Alive 2, Cabinet Battle 1. Those are my three. The World Was Wide Enough. Yep. One Last Time. And it's quite uptown. Yeah. So that's our, uh, that's our list. Anything sticking out to you that might want to make you take it off the list? Is there anything that would make you want to pull one back or push one forward? You know, I think, I think of those six, I have one in my head. Do you have one? Does something jump out of you in those six? Cause some, one jumps out at me as the best one. Yeah. I'm looking at this list now. Not necessarily. There are a couple. What's jumping out to you? There's one that. It's the central thesis of the play, this idea of who lives, who dies, who tells your story and gives you sort of the things that happened afterwards. Well, that's who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm weird. saying is I think the function that song serves mm-hmm. is really, I don't know, that might be the one, that's the one that jumps out to me immediately from those six. Well, that wasn't on the list. I thought that was your, I thought that was one of yours. No, mine was the world was wide enough. Oh, crap. But I'll tell you this. What? I'm glad that you said that because I I wouldn't mind doing a swap out of the world was wide enough for who lives, who dies, who tells your story, because okay. that is the thesis of the whole show. It's the finale number of the show. And the world was wide enough is a great song, but I don't know if I love the whole song as much as I love that one acapella rap that Hamilton does in the middle. Right. And that's why I picked that song. I had, had a feeling that one would get eliminated almost immediately, probably by me. And turns out, yes. <laughs> but I just wanted to, I just love that section of that song so much. Yeah. But yeah, who lives, who dies, who tells your story is, uh, is it's the whole thing. And everybody gets their denouement in it. You know, uh, it talks about Eliza and everything that she did after Hamilton died. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a great ending to the show. Did you just add one to the list and suddenly it's going to take over all of them? <laughs> I don't know why I thought you had that on the list in the first place, but it just jumped out at me. I kept looking at just the, the words written down mm-hmm. and, and it leaps out like, oh, that's the central thesis of the show. And it's a good number too. And it brings you out of the show in like a good way. You feel satisfied with how it ends. Or you feel what? Satisfied. Satisfied. How do you feel? satisfied does who lives who dies who tells your story or any of these on this list beat our winner from act one no (laughs) then why don't we just go ahead and say it fine (laughs) folks people of the world 
is satisfied. It's so it is, good. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant just like mechanically if you or if you just look at the mechanics of the song and the way it's performed, that idea of the time shifting, that Rashomon angle to it that Mark pointed out. In a show full of triumphs, it is the triumph of triumphs. And that's what makes it the best song in Hamilton. Asked and answered. Look at that. We did not throw away our shot, my friend. We sure didn't. <laughs> uh, well, that, that was fun, man. We need to do more of these, just you and me. It's nice to just yeah. chat with you. Let's do, yeah, let's do it. Let's start let's another podcast more. where we don't have guests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Hal, this has been lovely. Thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, my butt because of these. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> is that why we did go yeah. fast on that? We're fine. Yeah. We Are you feeling okay? Good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm good. Did you, good. did you crap your pants? I mean, no more than usual. Okay. That's fine. We all do it. Look, we is all there do anything it. I want to plug. Like I was the guest. <laughs> no, I know that was the whole point of that bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just caught up with it. I just got up with it. I'm sweating so much. <laughs> Folks, this topic is settled. That's right. But there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or share your favorite Hamel moments at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. Thanks also to our musicians, Jonathan Einerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world for giving us a chance to talk about a show that we really, really love and one of the great works of the canon of American musical theater. So if I may, with my Alexander Hamilton glass that I decided to put a little bourbon in for this one, raise a glass to freedom, something they can never take away, no matter what they tell you. Raise a glass to the four of us. Tomorrow, there'll be more of us. Cheers, everybody. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We we got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported